Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! What's going on, Ball and Glove loving Brewer fans? Welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Kurth or read my articles by following or viewing the brew on Twitter. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod or search us on YouTube, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. Joining me as always is my cheesehead loving buddy, Trevor. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. So, how are you doing on this snowy evening here tonight, buddy? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. You know, you mentioned this a few weeks back to me when I said this about um, joining me as always. That's just flat out not true. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm doing pretty well. Had a pretty good weekend. Definitely can't complain. So, happy to be back talking some brewers and some actual baseball to talk about now, which is always exciting. Yeah, because while it's snowing here again in like the southern central, I guess, part of the state, the team is off in Arizona doing baseball things. So yes, haven't haven't been able to like smell in any hot dogs or hear the ball hitting the glove, but we've seen it on Twitter. So everyone's getting creative this time of the year, craving some baseball. So that's obviously what we're going to talk about. We're going to go over some early reports coming out of camp. And the first one I figured you would like a lot because it revolves around your boy, Corbin Burns. <laughs> so Omar Narvaez in an interview was asked, you know, like which pitcher has stood out the most to you so far? And he said Burns because his changeup looks way better than it did compared to last year. And Narvaez said, I think it's going to be a big weapon for him. So I looked up the stats. Burns used his changeup 11% of the time last year, which pretty good mix for a sinker cutter guy who throws that 33% of the time sprinkles it in there. He got eight of his 88 strikeouts last year with the changeup, which is roughly like 9% of his strikeout total. So he also, in another interview, I think it might've been Will Salmon who tweeted it out, said that, or Narvaez also reportedly said in this interview that his curveball is looking really good as well. So that's like all his pitches are looking better. So geez, should we just sign Corbin Burns up for the Cy Young award already or what? Yeah, yes, we should. I think I think that would be awesome. I don't think you'll get much of a a complaint from me or David David Gasper or anyone on Brewers Twitter. I think we'd all be pretty stoked for that. Yeah, I I am super excited about Corbin Burns. Um, obviously, I I felt like we were going to hear at least one of these pitchers that their changeup was going to look better, right? The, the Devin Williams thing was going to increase one of them. I just felt like that had to happen. And the fact that it's Corbin Burns is ridiculous, one, but super exciting. And I don't think they're 
would be a more exciting pitcher to see that, you know, improvement on one pitch, that being the changeup, other than Corbin Burns, maybe Brandon Woodruff gets a dominant another pitch or, or Josh Hader as well. But Corbin Burns, with the stuff that we saw this past season, adding another pitch that looks that much more of a weapon, according to Nervaez, that is super, super exciting. And one thing that I think is is going to be a big-time boost for this rotation if he's able to consistently find that changeup and pitch all his other pitches as well as he had been last year. Yeah, because if you remember correctly, Burns, at least I thought, when we started off the 2020 season, like in the beginning, he was finding success, but he was, we call it like effectively wild, like his walks were still a little high, and then all of a sudden, he just came dialed in with all his pitches, was hitting his spots, and really showing good command. So, yeah, if he can be dialed in with this changeup, I mean, he already increased the usage from or last year from 2019. 2019 is at 4% with the changeup, 2020, 11%. So I'm not necessarily thinking like his usage rate with the changeup has to go up, but if he just is more on so with the command, that would be great. I think I would like to see his changeup get used a little bit more than his slider, like throughout his you know, his, his runs here with the Brewers, his slider has, had always been his, you know, go-to pitch until this cutter evolved. <laughs> but if you can just throw your sinker cut-up change-up, mainly those three pitches, he's going to be unstoppable. And then you just throw in the slider, curveballs, sprinkle in whenever. This dude's going to be unreal, I think. Yeah, and I, I think we will see a slight uptick, but it's not going to be a ton in terms of change-up change usage for him. But... Adding a third dominant pitch is, is going to be huge. And then being able to still sprinkle in some of those things that he is still pretty good at. And the fact that it was also mentioned that his changeup's pretty good, as, or his curveball has been pretty good as well. It'll be interesting to watch. And, and I really think that Burns is going to start pushing Woody for that number one overall spot. And you know me, Tyler. Those two are like my favorite two guys on this roster. So it's going to be tough for me to like, I just hope they both are like a number one and a number two, like barely below each other. They're, you know, one, one time through the rotation, Corbin Burns is a little better. The next time Woody's a little better. The, and then the next six times through the rotation, they're both spectacular. Like I just, I have a lot of hope and faith for these two because their stuff is so good. They have been, They've proven that they can be really, really good. And I just really hope we continue to see them grow and they kind of fight with each other for that A spot. And that would that'd probably be best case scenario for the Brewers. They're both fighting for that number one spot. And then you get uh, Adrian Hauser to step up a little bit, Brett Anderson to step up, just be solid in their roles. And you got two aces out in the front. And then you got two guys in the back end of the bullpen to clean it up whenever needed in Hader and Williams. And, and you're feeling real comfortable with your your pitching situation going into the year. Yeah, I feel really good because, I mean, we're returning a lot of starters, or at least not necessarily starters, but pitchers in general from the staff. And that was our strength last year. So uh, they have definitely have a good chance to contend to be, you know, a top top end starting rotation and then obviously an elite level bullpen as well. So 
that'll be really fun to watch. And this is going to be a really critical year for Corbin Burns. Like he needs to build upon that success that he had last year and show that he can, he can do, do very similar stuff type again, because that was a lot of fun last year. It's just, if he can keep doing it and throughout the duration of an entire season. So we'll watch and see how he does there. So the uh, media crew down in Maryville also asked Manny Pena the same thing. They said, hey, what pitcher are you most impressed with so far? And Pena's answer was uh, Brad Boxberger. So recently signed here, relief pitcher. And Pena's quote was, I think it was the second bullpen of spring, and he was already commanding the ball very well. So Pena's obviously a very experienced catcher, a veteran. Boxberger is also a veteran Granted, he's new on this team, so he must have been training over the offseason to come in and impress Manny Pena right off the bat, and I think that's really crucial because this guy has to compete to get on the opening day roster. He is an invitee with, on a minor league deal, so what do you think? Is Brad Boxberger going to play his way onto our opening day roster, or are you not confident in that? Well, I I don't know. I want to see him pitch before I... I say any of that. I haven't really been able to see much of what he's been able to do, but knowing Manny Pena, and if Manny Pena is impressed with him, I I think that's a pretty damn good endorsement, if you ask me. Every time you say his name, I just feel like I need to go get a burger from Culver's or something (laughs) because uh, now now I'm hungry. That's good. Uh, But yeah, I, I really don't have any sort of insights i i think that would probably it's not going to hurt the team to have a solid veteran type of guy if he has kind of figured it out and and is solid in his role i why not why not make the roster um and he's not he's not the only guy that is a veteran and is uh invitee to camp and on a minor league deal he's definitely not the only one so it's going to be something to monitor over the course of spring training I, I definitely will look forward to seeing what he's able to do because I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about him. But I mean, if Manny Pena is impressed, like I said, I think that's a pretty great endorsement because he knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> Pena sure does. And, you know, when you mentioned Culver's, you know, those are butter burgers, not box burgers. Right? Yeah, but they come in a box. <laughs> they come in a box. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Right, because okay. Culver's is better than most fast food places where they just wrap it and, you know, all their butter burgers come in. And it's not like the McDonald's, only the Big Mac comes in a box. <laughs> so I don't know. It instantly, box burger, I'm like, oh, I could go for a Culver's burger in a box <laughs> right now. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> I'm glad you're invested in in knowing how each of the burgers <laughs> at chain food restaurants in Wisconsin are shipped out. So <laughs> That's some, that's some great insight right there. <laughs> Damn straight. All right, let's swing back over to Narvaez because he was obviously being interviewed and his offense got brought up here. And he's not changed his swing whatsoever from last year, according to pitching coach here, Andy Haynes. So he did spend a lot of time, Andy Haynes, with Narvaez and Garcia over the offseason just kind of going through you know what happened and Narvaez's initially initial response was he felt rushing his at-bats he was mentally tired and then he said this year is going to be good really good so I know you personally have been like Narvaez is going to bounce back I can feel it I can feel it 
So I'm going to put you on the spot here. What would you say his bounce back season is going to look like? Are there some targets, you know, a target slash line, home runs, RBIs? What are you looking for in a bounce back season if Narvaez steps up here? I'm looking above his career average, which obviously was brought down heavily from the 2020 season. Granted, only 126 plate appearances. He's had just about 300 or more the last three seasons in the majors. So not a huge sample size, but he really, really, really struggled. I think he's going to be pretty close to 2019 Omar Narvaez. I'm going to go slightly less than that, but higher than his career averages. So I'm going to say about 275 for batting average. His on-base percentage will be about 360. Slugging percentage about, you know, for, let's say 445. That year that I compared it to in 2019, he was 278, 353, and 460. So he's slightly less than that. I don't know what my OPS would make him, but I'm guessing it would be, you know, around 800 or so for his OPS. So that's honestly kind of what I'm expecting. I'm expecting him to, he had... A big time drop, a big time dip in the roller coaster of a baseball career, and I think he's going to bounce back very, very well um, and close to his career best numbers. Which again, across the board, he was looks like he was the best in 2019. His um, on base percentage had been higher in other years, but his actual batting was the best in 2019. Yeah, 2019 is obviously a great year for him. And when we first acquired Narvaez, there was a lot of like talk like, oh, we're not going to lose a lot of dip in production, you know, losing Asmani Grandal the year before, because like statistically he was, you know, right up there with Grandal and Romilto, some of the greatest offensive catchers in the game, especially thinking back to the 2019 season. And he hit 22 homers that year. And I remember reading an article on Narvaez at that time where it was like a lot of them were like the, like the moonshots or like just barely clearing the wall. Um, God, who was that first baseman for the Brewers in like 2014, 2015, who hit the moon balls? I don't remember his name. Do you remember know who I'm talking about? <laughs> that was just a random thought for today. <laughs> um, first baseman. As soon as you say it, I'm sure I'll be upset, but... <laughs> Um, That's going to be our ongoing trivia question here as this podcast goes on. Who is the first baseman who was hitting moon balls in like the (laughs) mid-2010s? But um, anyway, back to Narvaez. I think like that 2019 season when he hit 22 home runs, we got the impression as Brewer fans like he's a great power hitter and, you know, like coming into Miller Park, that's what we should expect out of him. But according to baseball reference on his 162-game average he would hit about 15 home runs in an entire season. So plus or minus 15, what are you expecting there out of Narvaez this year? (laughs) I figured you were going to ask this question. So I was thinking about this and literally my number was like 15, (laughs) give or take like a couple on either side. So my thought was like 13 to 17. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say slightly above 15. I think a lot of it might depend on how they use these catchers too. Like, is it going to be a, a strict platoon if Narvaez is hitting well? Because then he should get most of the starts, you know, seeing right-handed pitchers, which should be more often than when you see a lefty. So 
I kind of, I really hope that it is above 15. I'm going to go above 15 as well, too. I'm going to take the over on that. So we're both going to be optimistic Brewer fans for today. Yeah. Speaking of optimism, though, Keston Hira at first base. It's happening. We're going we're gonna to enjoy this ride, hopefully. It's not going to be like the Ryan Braun scenario where it just never actually happens for more than a week. So here's the big question of the day. Is Keston here going to be the answer? We've been looking for a first baseman since Prince Fielder left. Will Keston here be the guy? Hey, I saw a video on Twitter of him picking balls at first base. I, I know it's not in game situation, but like the fundamentals were there. He was keeping his foot on the base, actually like following the ball with his eyes, which seems easy to do. But when you're in that situation trying to pick the ball, it's very easy to get your head out of the way to not be hit by it. He just looked comfortable. It was a, the video I saw was kind of a slow motion video and things, but I I really don't, I, I think he can do it. I, I really do think he can do it. And like I said, he looked pretty comfortable doing it. Uh, we'll have to see, you know, if that is actually something that he's going to be able to do at a consistently good level. I don't think it needs to be Colton Wong at second base type of level, but it has to be solid. And if he's solid, that if he's solid at first base, that that really starts to round out this roster because now you have one of those big holes that you were going into the offseason wondering about was, okay, what are we going to do at the corner infield spots? Well, if Keston can handle it at first base defensively, you've figured out the first base spot. And now you bring in Travis Shaw on a minor league deal. If he makes the roster, that could be a fix. Um, you know, Urias is over there. You've got some options. Um, there was a guy earlier in the offseason, Tyler, help me with his name, that we signed for third base. Oh, uh, you're thinking of Zach Green. Zach Green. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he makes a play at third base. And I think with the money situation and everything, that's looking like you have one hole on this roster, right? Starting pitching is pretty damn solid. Bullpen's pretty damn solid. Then you have, if Keston can do it, you have first base locked up. You got the middle infield locked up. Catcher's locked up. Outfield's locked up. Third base is the op- or is the issue. And you got some guys there that might be able to give you it. Maybe it's just a stopgap in Travis Shaw for a year. And you got to try to figure it out long term. But there's worse things, I think, like Brock Holt at third base than Travis Shaw. So... I do think overall I'm I'm feeling a lot more comfortable as long as, you know, when we see the first games, the first action, we see Keston Hira really just being solid defensively because we don't, again, we don't need him to be a gold glover. He just needs to be solid in the field because we need that stick in the lineup. You know, I'm going to have confidence that the mayor is back for his second term here Me too. with the Me Brewers. Too. <laughs> I mean, he came to Milwaukee in 2017 and just hit, just hit in 2018, and then fell flat in 2019. So if we get another two really good years out of him, that would be fan freaking tastic, I think. So we'll see. I mean, I think this. We talked a lot about like the improved defense. That should obviously help Keston here out at first base. Well, you got a Gold Glover thrown to him from second base. Orlando Garcia is really good, and and Travis Shaw is no slouch at third base either. If he does indeed kind of end up winning that third base job. So 
a lot of time those first base picks like you're talking about go unrecognized and underrated, but hopefully he's just not in that situation a lot uh, given the defense hopefully. that yeah. we have. Lastly, last order of business today, the best shape of their career. We have a candidate for someone who is reporting to spring training already, and it is probably the guy you least expected. So this year's candidate is Tyrone Taylor. Last season, he finished at about 194 pounds. He's reporting this year at 210 pounds. Credits his increased bulkiness due to a meal delivery program. I guess one good positive out of COVID there. Micronutrient testing and then his offseason strength program. So he's going to be competing for the fourth outfielder job. He's gotten some decent major league experience here over the years. Nothing substantial by any means. But he's been a decent hitter. He has good speed. But what do you think this means for his chances as the fourth outfielder? Remind me again, because I'm completely drawing a blank. Obviously, we have Yelich, we have Kane, we have Garcia. Who is in contention with him for that fourth spot? So just recently traded for Derek Fisher, Billy McKinney, Corey Ray, Tyrone Taylor are the four that are on the 40-man roster. Uh, I would probably say... Mm. I would probably say that I would lean towards Billy McKinney. I feel kind of weird about that, but I just like his, you know, Billy McKinney is just really fast, and and I like that as a fourth outfielder. I don't know. Um, I haven't seen I haven't seen enough from Tyro Taylor, so I'm kind of over it, and I'm looking at looking for someone else. So um, that's I don't have a very solid reasoning behind it, but I'm gonna say no. That's fair. So obviously when you think of like increased like bulkness or strength from someone adding all that muscle, you think, oh man, he's just going to hit more dingers, right? So uh, I think that would be cool to see because I don't necessarily think of Tyrone Taylor as a power hitter. But when I go back and look at his numbers here in 2019, when he was in AAA in San Antonio, he logged 344 at-bats and had 14 homers that year. So that's not too shabby there. And then the year before that, when he was in Colorado, granted Colorado for AAA, he had 20 homers that year. That was in 446 at bat. So I think there might be some sneaky pop to Tyrone Taylor's game here. So even if he doesn't automatically come out as like the fourth outfielder out of camp, he if he impresses in AAA, he, we might see him up, I think. He's going to be sneaky. Yeah, I think that's fair. Speaking of outfielders... Christian Yelich just tweeted a video of his new cleats for 2021, and they are—I I like them. I—I th- I think I like them. They got obviously 22s on them, and then you know that Velcro strap that goes over the laces—that's got the skyline of Milwaukee on it. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I like them. I, it has nothing to do with the conversation we we're talking about, but. Just popped up on my Twitter feed. So, <laughs> Our MVP has got some swag, so that's what we're going to leave it at. Yes, sir. And I, I thought of the first baseman. Did you think of who it was yet? Who, it's the, who hit the moon shots? It was 2013 he was with us. 2013? Oh. He was a lefty. 2013. Lefty, and you said first baseman? Yep. Juan well, Francisco. Who? Juan Francisco? I don't know who that is. Oh, my gosh. Well, (laughs) 
You know, 2013, we would have been going into our freshman year of college. Lots of brain cells were killed. Apparently, Juan Francisco was one of them. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was not very memorable to me. Sorry. He did hit uh, 13 home runs for us that year with his staggering 221 batting average. So I can't imagine why you didn't remember him. But we'll yeah, you slack. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And he only played in 89 games, so that might be why too. And he was only on the year on the team for one year. Yeah, that 100 percent why he was in a Brewers uniform for 89 games. That would be why. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, well, that is going to do it for us here today. That is our early takes on what's going on in spring training so far. So by next Sunday, we will have live baseball starting again. So you'll get to hear Bob Euchre on the radio. I I know the Brewers and Fox Sports came to a new agreement, or it's not going to be called Fox Sports Wisconsin anymore. It's going to be, I don't remember what it's going to be called. But we will have Brewers baseball available as long as you can uh, get cable or buy AT&T now. So make sure you do one of those two things. And in case you aren't, we'll be recapping the games all year round, as well as some of the Cactus League play that's going on. So stay tuned for us next week, and we'll talk to you later, Brewer fans. Yeah, or just listen to Uke. And always, Tristan Stearns.